When the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up and you want more. It's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion. It's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast. And it starts now. I don't think we were at our best tonight. Um, you know, our goalie was good and uh, gave us a chance to win and uh, made a, uh, you know, they got a bounce there and we were gapped out there on the third goal just by, um, you know, hitting the ref and, and um, I made a mistake at the end and game's over. I think off the rush we, we tried to find late guys and stuff like that and they, they back check hard and nothing was there. We didn't play below the goal or play below the top of the circles enough and um, you know, work them down there, and I just felt like uh, the force us to, to play a lot of time, whether it's in the neutral zone or in, in our end, and, and not enough in, the, in their end. And um, like I said, our, our goalie gave us a chance tonight, but uh, we know we've got to be better than that. Incredibly away from home, but I just don't think uh, we had a great game tonight at all. Our four check has to be better. That's one thing. Um, you know, I think we're two one and done, and, and uh, you know, they're breaking the puck out too easy on us. And you know, they're coming at us hard, and, and we're spending more time in our end. And you know, they're they're good teams, but at the end of the day, I think four check has to be better. Uh, you know, winning battles and, and uh, you know in the offensive zone and, and uh, sustaining more pressure. Well, there's an honest assessment from your captain Braden Chen after the Blues fell to the Philadelphia Flyers last night by a score of four to two, wrapping up. What would be a four-game homestand and a long stretch of hockey, a total of nine games against teams that have either been in first, second, or third place in their divisions. Eight of the nine, that is. The one team that wasn't was the Pittsburgh Penguins, who are fighting for a playoff spot. And the Blues finished that stretch with a record of 4-4-1. Four, four, Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome to Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. Now, in most normal situations, if you're a team that's battling for a playoff spot and you end up in that type of gauntlet against that quality of teams and you survive getting out of their 500, you're going to say that's pretty good. You'll take it. But the unfortunate part is with the Blues having not played great hockey going into it and needing more points to keep pace in the playoff race, that makes it a little tougher pill to swallow. But all in all, you got to look at the way the Blues competed. And in most situations, with where the Blues are and those teams you are playing, that 500 record is pretty solid. Still three games over 500 under new head coach Drew Bannister. And again, that was Braden Shen, who played in his 900th career game last night against a team that he played for before being traded to the St. Louis Blues. Flyers are the ones that took the game down by a score of 4-2. to two. Let's get you to the highlights. Flyers to the near side, tip and want to play over the line. Shooting save, rebound, and a sliding save. Hofer, far wing to Thomas, back to Krug in the pass. Ate him up a bit, and now it's two-on-one Philadelphia. Up the right side, to the middle of the ice they go. Shot on, and a save made by Hofer. And a puck the other way. They slide in on a breakaway, shooting, and a glove save made by Hofer. Two big saves, back and forth. Carter Hart, backdoor, unreal. And then a breakaway save there for Hofer. Thomas curls it at the corner and looked up to the blue line. Pass gets blocked. Root holds it in. Down on the near side. Walker blocked it down for Philadelphia. And he carries out over the line. To the far side they go. Long shot on. Rebound there. They score. Not a hard enough back check for the forwards as Lawton beat the Blues to the rebound puck. And Philadelphia takes a 1-0 lead. Lawton picks up his fourth goal of the year. York with a big check on to Tory Krug. Knocked him down. Blues release it around to 
Shen on the near side. Shen's pass to the blue line. Brunovich comes over, goes back to Shen. Shen drags, shoots safe, rebound, score! Oscar Sundquist, the power play goal on the rebound. And the St. Louis Blues tie the game 1-1. 141 remaining second period. Through the neutral zone, comes off of Cam Atkinson, over to the far wing they go. Down low and a shot on, off the glove and in! That one hit the glove of Hofer, pops up into the air, the Blues couldn't swat it back. And with 6.2 to play in the second, Flyers take a 2-1 lead. Blues get it over the line. In the middle, shoot, score! What a break! Brandon side from out high! Beats Carter Hart with a glove high shot. And the St. Louis Blues have tied the game 2-2. Two two. The puck hit a stick that had been left on the ice and Saad found it and snapped it. Tyroo to Shen, that's blocked away. Travis Konechny going the other way. Hit off the lines, but know where the lines can go with it. And they find his way to the near side. Flyers walk it in, shoot and score! What a backhand shot by Owen Tippett. He walked the Blues right at the blue line. And gives the Flyers a 3-2 lead with 5.33 to go. Shen reaches to keep it in and can't. Wins the puck battle along the wing, but turns it over at the line. Empty net goal for the Flyers. Veraby will tuck it in. And the Flyers take a 5-2 lead, 53.1 seconds to go. Here's Neighbors going to shoot it, block second chance. It hits off two skates and the post and stays out. And the night comes to an end that way for the Blues. A 4-2 final. The Flyers over the St. Louis Blues. And the Blues now head out to Washington for the next two games. They go to Washington for Thursday, come back home next Saturday against the Caps as well. Well, let's get the thoughts of your head coach, Drew Bannister. Yeah, certainly Joel played well again here today. Um, you know, made some saves, kept it close. Um, you know, gave us gave us a chance to kind of work ourselves into it. But, um, I, you know, I, I think we got what we deserved, you know, for, for 40 minutes. Um, uh, we didn't have enough effort in our game uh, in the hard areas. Um, you know, we continue to mismanage the puck, you know, that is, you know, making it difficult on our team to have to defend, which, you know, makes it easy for them to get more offensive zone time, more shots on the net. Um, you know, so, you know, first two goals, you know, we, we turn the puck over in the offensive zone, it goes down and it's, it's in the back of our net, you know, and, and those plays can't happen. You know, there's, we got to make better decisions there. The first two goals, like I, w I would say, more more pressing when we're trying to get pucks to the net. Um, it just wasn't the right play at the right time. Like we we had when we did play below the top circles, when we played below the goal line, we had success. Um, but we we tried to force pucks where there was no plays to be made, and we have to play below the basically get pucks below the goal line, and, and things start to open up, open up for us. A goal like that can't happen. I mean. You know, we're, we're under a minute at that point. Like, we don't have to look to make plays in high ice at that, that point, you know. We put our D in a difficult position, then our, our you know, our D made, you know, a play that, that shouldn't have been made, should have just went on the wall behind the net, and we're safe. Um, but at that point of the game, like, when we tie it up and we have a little bit of momentum, um, we just got to play safe and, you know, 
get through the period and regroup and, and get ourselves ready for the third. Well, the forecheck, yeah, there, there's no question that's that's um, that's something in our game that we have to correct. But I think it, it goes along with with the puck management, um, you know, not stalling our forecheck when we get to the red line or the blue line. We're holding on to it a little bit too long, trying to make plays to people that are standing still. Um, you know, when we hit the red line or blue line and we have speed, we just start putting pucks underneath so we can get to a forecheck. Um, and I think, you know, the mismanagement of the puck over the last two games has probably caused us a lot of issues where we have to defend more and there's more pucks that go to our net. It makes it difficult on our, our, our goalies and, and us to defend. How could that... Could there have been anything differently done the way that third goal, the way it materialized and the way it played out? Well, it was, I think it was it was a puck that was meant to be dumped in. I think it hit the ref, but we got to stop. Like, I think our forwards came back. They, they kind of swung out of the middle of the ice. If we would have put on the brakes, I think we would have forced that puck outside and we would have had a better opportunity to defend. It was, it was a tough play for our D because there's a ton of speed coming at them, but our forwards got to stop in the middle of the ice. Well, after each and every game, of course, we break down the game on the Blues Radio Network with my broadcast partner, Joe Vitale. We bring it to you here on Curbside Reaction, and here's the breakdown with Joey. Well, I thought that the Blues looked like they, they were on their heels a little bit tonight, especially the first 40 minutes. They had a good they had a good jump in the third. You know, I think that, that tying goal there by Brandon Saad gave them a little bit of life, but I don't know. I just... Was it a combination of Philly was just that good, or was it, a, you know, maybe the Blues came out a little bit slow? You know, we've seen players come back into the lineup. Justin Falk, that has rearranged defensive pairings. We've seen Kapanen jump up in the lineup. We saw Kyrie get jumped down. There was a lot of movement in the game, and I think Bannister was just trying to figure out what was working, where was the chemistry, and how do they find it. But you look at that Philadelphia Flyers game curves, we mentioned it. At the beginning of the game there in the pregame, their success comes from running four lines deep and all six defensemen getting up in the rush, and they got good goaltending. And that's exactly what you saw here tonight. A fast team, they're on the forecheck, and they hit you from every area. I mean, even Delorier in that fourth line, they stood out. They were jumping, they were forechecking, they were on their toes, and they play a creative, aggressive style of hockey. And I think the Blues uh, were just not ready for it. I don't think they came out with that same hunger, that same desire, you know, when you go up and you play a Boston Bruins team and a New York Rangers team, two teams top of the Eastern Conference, you know you got to be at your best and you got to take it all 60 minutes or as close to as possible. You know, did they let off the gas a little bit because it's the Philadelphia Flyers? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But uh, the energy and sometimes the work ethic and I just think all the overall competitiveness, like, like Steve Ott was saying right there, it wasn't there long enough and consistently enough to really give them a fighting chance. I mean, listen, you lose the game 3-2 to two without the empty netter. Right, I mean, it's technically a four-two game, but yep. it's three to two, and your goaltender, you know, made thirty-nine so- stops at that point. I mean, th- this game could have gotten out of hand a lot worse than it was. It could have easily been a five-two, six-two game, and you don't want to keep telling yourself that at the end of these games. It was the Boston game where Biddington was spectacular to extend that to overtime, and then of course Joel Holfer here with minutes left in the game with the pulled goal. They're looking to tie the game, which it probably shouldn't even come to that because Philly was that good and Joel Holfer was that good as well. Out of the 42 shots on goal for the Philadelphia Flyers, 10 of them came from Owen Tippett. And when you look at the basic stack sheet, and this is this is sometimes just when you know the night isn't going to go your way, you look at the Blues' uh, top two lines. Braden Shen minus two, Robert Thomas minus two, Jordan Cairo minus three, Krug minus four, Neighbors minus two, Falk minus three, and Butchnevich minus one. Now, you do have that empty net goal in there, so keep that in mind. But on the flip side, the Flyers, 
everybody was plus one. Nobody plus two in a game that everybody was plus one, but Bobby Brink was even, Noah Cates, Nicholas Delorier was even. Those are the only three players on the Flyers team mm-hmm. that weren't plus, and everybody else was plus one. It was just balanced that really attacked against some, some some key matchups. Well, you know, sometimes you look at the face-off stat as, you know, it's just maybe you have good sentiment versus bad sentiment, or maybe your sentiment are having a rough night. You know, I, I was watching a couple of face-offs after that stat in the first period, and you know, Philly, they, they're a disciplined group. You know, well coached by John Tortorella. They're wingers. When that puck drops, man, they come in like like balls of fury. They, they go in hard. They help their sentiment. They're winning a lot of those 50-50 battles, and that's what Steve Ott said. We just didn't win enough puck battles, and to me, it started on those opening face-offs. I think that led to a lot of face-off wins for Philly, which ultimately set up a lot of puck possession time. They got to the forecheck, and they got to their game. So I think one little small area of the Blues game as they now head to the Washington Capitals game on a back-to-back six periods of the Washington Capitals is cleaning up face-offs, having wingers being a little bit more desperate, jumping in there, helping out in the mix, and getting puck possession time. We talked a little bit about predictability in there, and one of the things you do tend to see with some of these teams that are trending in the right direction, especially playoff teams, is when they move the puck even into space, they seem to move with intent knowing somebody's there. Some of that predictability is something that Drew Bannister and this team is still trying to build back into it. Well, it's, it's tough because you're trying to find predictability, but in order to find predictability, you've got to find some sort of consistency. You know, like we saw tonight with, you know, the Cairo, with the Bushnevich and Thomas, that actually got broken up there. But for a long time there, they were together so long where I think that predictability can, can really showcase itself. But the problem is when you're not having any consistency – you have to break the lines apart. You have to, you know, the, the predictability is gone, so you have to kind of spread guys out. I was looking as that game was moving on, especially six on five. I think there's a lot of errant passes. You know, you think players are there. They're not there on the power play, especially that top unit. You know, some passes that didn't get through or maybe some passes that you move it to the point no one's there. You know, as you continue to try to find different players to find chemistry, the thing you got to consider is there's no consistency. So without consistency, it's hard to find predictability. So I know there's a lot of E-words in there, but it's kind of a snowball effect where it's kind of hard for a coach who needs to continue to change things up because he's not seeing something from a a group. Uh, But with that comes a little bit of doubt in players' games curves, and I think we saw that throughout some stretches. You know, it was an interesting call taking Kyrie off that Thomas and Buchnevich line, you know, uh, I think it was about halfway through that second period. It was shortly after the Philadelphia Flyers got on the board with that first goal. You know, we knew that, you know, Kairou and Buchnevich were both out there for a minute at that point to start the second period. And on that back check, was it was it not strong enough? Was it not hard enough? I mean, Drew Bannister will answer those questions here relatively uh, soon. But for a line that's been so lethal and so good, uh, that first line with Thomas and Butch Neighbors, they played the majority of the game actually with Casper and Kapanen. So that was an interesting adjustment for Drew Bannister. And I think he was hoping it would give more offense and certainly not turn out the way it did here with the 4-2 loss. But uh, one of those things that you've you got to listen to the coach here and see what his explanation was for that. All right, what do you have with the Bud Light three stars of the game in your work boots? I got Hart. The goaltender for the Philadelphia Flyers at number three. I'm going to get Braden Shen, game number 900, two assists, number two star. And I'm going to go with Owen Tippett here, the game winner. A sensational goal here in the third period that really uh, got the Philadelphia Flyers two points here and didn't extend overtime for the St. Louis Blues. And i got to give a little bit of love here to Joel Hofer. I'm going to give him my work boots instead of a star because it was a work boot night for him. You know, 30, was he 39 saves, I believe, because one, one was yep. an empty netter. Uh, he was spectacular. I mean, he was on top of it. Not an easy situation for a goalie to come into. You sat the last few, 
Uh, the, the team in front of you didn't have a lot of legs, a lot of juice, and, and you just had to be big and stay big. And up until the final minutes of this game, it's a 3-2 game. They're one shot away from tying it, and you had 39 saves at that point. So quite a good performance here for Joe Holfer. It is not a goaltender problem. I could promise you that in St. Louis here recently. It, it is some other issues here, but the goaltenders have been good curbs. Thank you, Joe. Let's check in with Tim Woodburn, veteran hockey broadcaster, did play-by-play for 13 seasons. He's covered major and minor league sports. He's a local St. Louis, and he's a diehard Blues fan. He knows the game inside and out, and Tim Woodburn gives us his thoughts. Well, Chris, it was an unfortunate loss tonight by the St. Louis Blues. A couple of good things happened, though, in this game. Certainly come from behind in the third period to tie the game on the goal by Brandon Saad, and we haven't seen a whole lot of that this year. The Blues have kind of hung their heads early this season when they're down in the third period, and we don't see a whole lot of life in this team, but tonight we did, and they came from behind, and they tied the game, and only a a terrific move by Owen Tippett gave the Flyers the win before they uh, hit the empty net goal. So, like seeing Oscar Sundqvist on the power play, big body in front, got a good pair of hands, scored a greasy goal tonight. He scored a greasy tipping goal the other night. The power play is slowly starting to come around, and if it continues to perform, the Blues will win more games than they'll lose because uh, getting that type of uh, special teams play is going to obviously help this team down the road. And so, I like it uh, that Drew Bannister has given other guys uh, some chances to perform, specifically Sunfist, and uh, he uh, came through tonight. So Joel Hofer probably like to have a couple of goals back that he gave up tonight. Certainly Bennington is the hotter goalie these days, but uh, they want to play Hofer as well. So uh, he played tonight, and they they got beat. So the home stands over. The Blues uh, weathered the storm. They played nothing but good teams throughout the entire home stand, and uh, now they hit the road. So. Hopefully uh, the Blues can continue their power play success, and uh, if they do that, they'll win more games than they lose. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodburn. Tim, thank you very much. Well, my takeaway from the game simply comes down to this. It's the little details, and little details win you hockey games. You can look at many different scenarios over the course. Is it the little details of predictability that we just talked to Joe Vitale about? How about late in the game? You've got the Blues trying to break the puck in onside. That was with Brandon Saad, but Alexei Toropchenko just goes offside. That slows the whole play down. Little details like that prevent a potential scoring rush, and it gives the other team a chance to catch their breath. How about this little detail? We've now seen it happen four games in a row where play is whistled dead on a clearing attempt by the Blues because the puck hits a blue stick or his glove on the bench and one of the players is hanging over the boards. Each time that has resulted in a face-off that's happened down in the Blues' end. Now, the other team hasn't scored on those, but at some point in time, rather than getting the puck cleared out, getting a needed line change, getting the puck down the ice, maybe getting some offensive zone time, little details like that have you having to defend face-offs in your own end 200 feet away from the other side. Or in this case, there was one other detail when they came to the bench. Not just to the puck. It was Kevin Hayes moving the puck into the offensive zone. He had it on his stick, and it was a stick on the Blues bench that caught Kevin Hayes on the jersey. Something like that slowed down the rush and caused a turnover, and the Flyers came back the other way. That's another example of little details. And one more little detail that is talked about a lot by Drew Bannister, stops and starts. In that game against the Philadelphia Flyers last night, you saw Blues players trying to get to the middle of the ice for a deflection. Instead of stopping in case there was a rebound, you saw the old flyby. They reach for it, and their momentum just takes them right out of the middle. And there were a lot of times that Carter Hart was able to see the puck, or if there was a rebound there, sometimes no Blues player was there to battle. Stops and starts both defensively on the puck and on the net front 
are a big thing being harped on by Drew Bannister and one of those many little details that make a big difference when you add them up over the course of the game and the difference in winning and losing. Well, that's my takeaway of the game. A big thanks to Joe Vitale, to Tim Woodburn, and to Jordan Deacon for helping collect sound from the locker room as well. It's Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. We get it uploaded before the next morning, so you've got it on your drive to work or to listen to if you just want a little bit more St. Louis Blues and figure out what happened on the game the night before. And, of course, we include all the game highlights as well. Next up for the Blues, Thursday night, Blues come your way from Washington against Alex Ovechkin, TJ Oshie, and the Washington Capitals. I'm Chris Kerber. Have a great rest of your week. Stay warm. We'll talk to you Thursday night and see you at the rink.